0: So today, we're talking uh, in this new series, Reach and Ignite. And and the simple premise to the series is, are we trying to reach those who are lost, in our families, our friends, and people we don't even know, and then when we reach them, are we trying to lay that seed to ignite something? And the truth is, are we looking back in awe and seeing how the Lord truly ignites the seed that we have lain? um so today we're talking about my story come out Deuteronomy six twenty three nine one Deuteronomy six twenty nine i'm sorry deuteronomy six twenty three and also chapter nine one and i would like to give me a reader my normal reader is not here if i get a, somebody with a a mic thank you uh oh. Well, this is all right. I got it by this time. I'm good. We're good. So come on to verse chapter 6. Let's get in our word real quick. And it says, and he brought us out from thence. He might bring us in to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. Now that's the King James Version. In the Amplified Version it states, and he brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore to give our fathers. Then let's roll to chapter 9. It says, here, O Israel, thou art to pass over the Jordan this day, to go in to possess nations greater and mightier than thyself. Cities great and fenced up to heaven. Amplified. It says, here, O Israel, you are to cross the Jordan today to go in." Dispossessed nations greater and mightier than you are, cities great and fortified up to the heavens. When we think about the story of where God has taken us, we're like that in, in Deuteronomy 6:23. And it shall, I'm sorry, and He brought us out from thence, or out from there. Where has God brought you out from? Where has He brought you? And and let me back up for one second. For the, Egypt, for the Israelites, they were coming out of Egypt. They were slaves for at least 400 years in Egypt. They had been in bondage uh, under the Pharaoh's uh, hand. Uh, they first came down uh, under Jacob and with uh, Joseph already being there. And at a certain point in time, they came from being visitors to guests to slaves. And those, so many of the pyramids that you see today were built by Israelite hands, things that the great monuments and sphinx and things of that nature. Many of those things are going to go back to that time period where Israelites were building up. And so at a certain point, the Lord said, I had promised Abraham that y'all were going to possess his land. And it had came to a point that even the Egyptians feared the Israelites because they grew in so, such numbers. That at a certain point, he said, we're going to have to kill your firstborn." And around, you go 40 years later, after Moses and so forth, Moses comes. uh, I'm sorry, 80 years later, Moses comes, and he's saying, set my people free. They had to go through a tent plagues uh, for the Pharaoh, uh, the ordeal. This is where Passover comes about, and they come out of Egypt finally. But coming out of Egypt, they still struggled in the wilderness. They saw the great miracle. They saw the manna. They saw walking on dry land, all those different things. But that generation that came out of Egypt did not go into the promised land. Only two of those people that came out of Egypt actually saw the promised land. That was Caleb and Joshua. That was because they were faithful to God and understood. And they believed what God said. And they didn't care about what it looked like. While everyone else was in dismay. Even Moses himself, who went from being in the Pharaoh's house to leading the Israelites Israelites out of Pharaoh's land to leading the Israelites in the wilderness... Even he did not go into a promised land because also he fell victim to the same thing. Not believing in God's promises. Not believing God said do this. He didn't follow the instruction. He went and worked in his flesh. And so he got to see from a mountain but never got to enter in. So we're at this point. There's been at least 40 years. This generation that's there. This is a generation that never knew Egypt. This is a generation... They was in the wilderness, they have only known the miracle working of God and seeing that, and now they're about to experience the promise. Abraham does not get to experience the promise. Jacob and, and Isaac don't get experience the promise. Joseph, Joseph bones are going to go back into a promised land, but well, that's it. He himself does not get to see the promised land. But well, these people are about to see the promised land, and it's not going to just be laid out for them. They're going to have to dispose of people. Who on, the, on paper are mightier than you? Well, we bring that to, that's the biblical context. What does that do to Christian life? We all started in Egypt. We all were born into slavery. When we go into your past, if we're being real honest, some of us will be a little hesitant to share your past, to share the real inner workings of who you are. Because things in our past, there's some things in our past, we might have dated the wrong person. And we might be a little hesitant to share that with some folks. We might have been at the wrong place at certain times. We might have been uh, uh, locked up uh, for certain different things. We might have a testimony of an addiction that has finally overcome, but we don't really want to tell everybody about the addiction. We have all these things in our past. And, and the truth is, God wants us to come to a standpoint, just like in Egypt, you're going to walk about. But understand, you're not going to walk out of Egypt on your own volition, on your own power. They only escaped Pharaoh's army because the God said, I'm going to do a miracle working here and split a Red Sea and let you walk on dry land. I'm going to even tell Moses, tell them to move forward. Tell them to stop looking back and start moving forward. For us who who had this past, we had a miracle working in Christ Jesus. That miracle working was that he died on a cross for our sins. The man that that was blameless, that had no sin, all our sin was credited to him. Was credited to him. He had no sin. All that sin was credited to him. And so then he was put on that cross. He died on that cross. He was put in that tomb and he was put in that tomb and he was there for three days. And three days later, he rose from the grave in a borrowed tomb. And so we do not empower ourselves to go to heaven. We don't empower ourselves to be, to be saved. We can't save ourselves. It was Christ Jesus who saved us. It's not through baptism. It's not through all this. It is through the power of Christ that saved us. But see, our past, many of us are like the Israelites we want to look back. Some of us want to look back at our past and, and, and think how good it was. And the reality is we will, we will not look, fully look at, we were slaves. But we will look at, man, you know what? At the, when I was in Egypt, I was getting beaten down. I had food. Many of us sometimes will look back at our past and see that sin and we'll revel in it. You know, I used to could do this. I felt like I had more freedom. But we won't look at the full picture. We won't look at the full picture of how of how we struggle. We won't look at the full picture. And so, what is the thing in your past that's holding you back to Egypt? Many of us have made excuses. Because just like the Israelites, they blame Moses. Moses, why you bring us out here? Moses, why you do this? The Lord, he they didn't even want to even hear the Lord address them. Moses, why don't you go up to the mountain, because we can't stand all that. They made excuses for everything that was happening good to them. Even with the golden calf, they made excuses. Moses hasn't come down yet. They didn't have enough faith that Moses was going to come back down with God's promises. Even though they had just crossed the Red Sea on dry land. Many of us have experienced the miracles of God, and we still have an Egyptian mindset. Now, I know from an African-American standpoint, when we think of each other, we think of pharaohs and kings, and aren't we pharaohs and kings? The, the truth is, ain't all of y'all pharaohs. only can be one pharaoh. So I don't want everybody to think, we we're all we were pharaohs and kings. Baby, please, that don't even make sense. we were all CEOs. Now, was working the shift? So, all right, a tad bit. A tad bit. We ain't all pharaohs and queens. All right. But Egypt was a great empire. But many of us have an Egyptian mindset because in Egypt, we felt better, even though we were enslaved. Because the process to go with Christ is not an easy thing. It's a narrow thing. But we make excuses. We live the life of excuse. In this second year of victory, and during this series, we're going to have a sermon called No, No Excuses. Because the truth is, there was a coach that told me. He said, you know what? People make excuses of losers. Because they cannot own what they've done. And if you cannot own what you've done, you cannot improve from that. And if you're making everybody else to blame, then you're never going to improve. You're going to be at the same place you are. And then, uh, uh, and, and I want to credit to Kirk Franklin, he said, when you get out that Egyptian mindset, you think differently. But you got some folks still in that same season, and they haven't learned, they're still in that excuse season. And they're still in that season, they have not learned from it. So they're still talking 20 years ago, you no know, drive, talking. Okay, you won't do this and do that, because they're still in the 70s mindset, because they're still in that, that season. Have you seen some of our relatives, they still dress like it's the 70s? Man, shoot, you don't understand, I still wore that Marvin Gaye, you know, and they got, the, they got the bell bottoms, and, you know, they're like, man... And, you know, hey, good time. Because they're still in a mindset of the past, of Egypt. And they have not learned to, you know, own what I am and let the Lord start molding me and I'm going to go through that pruning process so I can grow to the next step. So some of us, and that's like these Israelites, they did not get to see the promised land because they were not faithful and they did not trust God. So some of us have accepted Christ Jesus, but we still have our mind in Egypt. But you out of Egypt, you're free. You know what I'm saying? You can become saved and still got some issues. Many of us who, who I have accepted Jesus Christ, so I shouldn't have any issues. No, you got some issues, baby. Because then Jesus would not have to work out the spot or wrinkle. Spot means that's the external, the wrinkles are the internal. That would mean Jesus does not have to work on any of that. All Jesus got to do just is just present you. That's not the truth. When you have become a Christian, you are on some milk. Now let me back up some, because we're still on my past. In my past, many of us who have become Christian, that's why in victory I'm very hesitant just to be baptizing folks. We have said, I'm, I got baptized, I'm saved. The water did not make you saved. The wedding ring does not make me married. Don't you got some women walking around who got wedding rings on so they don't get harassed? But they're not married. What makes you married is that relationship and that commitment that you made. What makes me saved is not that water, but I have accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Now, he did the first step in dying for me and raising from that grave for me. But now I made that next step in accepting him. But once again, that water did not make me saved. It is just like the wedding ring is supposed to do. The wedding ring is supposed to tell everybody, hey, I'm married, back up. Back up. And just the baptism helps reveal... That I'm a Christian. It's a public uh, statement. Okay, why do you say that Mark? Because see we have in our past we got these issues these strongholds, many of us that, that we have not fully addressed. Some of us have said I got baptized, I'm good. But were you good? Especially us who got baptized as children. Let's be real this morning. Some of us got baptized because everybody else was getting baptized. Some of us got baptized because mama, and, and nothing against mama and daddy. But some of us got baptized because mama and daddy saw everybody else getting baptized and said, y'all need to go down too. And so you're like, okay, we all going to get in the water. Or we got baptized because they'll pass around the place, I want some of the juice and the cracker too. Mama, I said, Jesus. What I got to do to get the cracker and juice. I said, Jesus. I accept Jesus. So then we do that. And, that, that. and that's, if I do that as pastor, I'm wrong. And understand, God holds me to a higher standard than you. And I'm wrong if I do that. So that's why when we're down here, I, I ask point-blank questions. Boom, boom, boom. I ask some point-blank questions um, in there. Do you know, why are you coming down? Uh, and and, and some way, they're going to have to get on the stand a little bit. So make, At this point in time, good that lawyer that passes a lawyer, too. For this reason, because many of my friends, and include myself, when we have come down, we come down like, well, I want to become saved, but I don't really know what we're talking about. And and now, in a good process, you go through a process. Okay, you come down, we might put you on so-called watch care, but we're going to take you through. We're going to make sure before you get baptized that you truly understand what you're doing. But not every place is like that. Some place like, are you coming down? Let's dip you in the water today. We got to have a numbers. And what have I done? 30 years later, you're like, I don't even know if I know Jesus. I'm about to become an atheist. I don't, I, and you get getting this bad mindset. I want us to understand and look back at our past, because if you don't look back at your past, you don't know where you're going. If you don't be real with yourself, you don't know where you're going. It's some stuff that our parents did that was jacked up to us. You might love your mom and daddy, but it might be some things that they taught that was not right. God was a phone on Friday with a young lady who was talking about, well, if I accept Christ, don't I have to have the presence of the Holy Spirit? I said, well, you accept Jesus Christ, you're going to have the presence of the Holy Spirit. But I'm saying like in Pentecost, when it came down and they could speak in tongues. I said, well, let's look, and this is at the end of the day, let's look at the verse when they so called spoken tongues it was that they could understand one another it wasn't that they were speaking another language that they could understand one another. They were speaking their own language and were able to understand one another. If you were a sci-fi fan, if you like on Star Trek, they got different languages, but they got a communicator, they can understand one another. If that communicator gets broken up, they can't understand one another. The Holy Spirit was an in-between communicator with them, so there was no other tongue that they had to speak. It was just their own tongue. So she was like, what? I said, well, we read it together. What does it say? And then she was silent. Well, I was taught that. Many of the things we have been taught, but are not scripture. I always say, let's get back to the word. What does the word say? Not your opinion. And because I'm a lawyer, I, I got to get to the facts. I just had to get, where are the facts? I don't care about your opinion. We should have white walls. What? Okay, why? Why? What white walls do about, no, that's your opinion. Where are the facts? What are the facts? So what are the facts in your past? What are the facts in your past? What brought you to this point? And if you had to become a Christian, what is your past now? How real have you been with Christ? And understand, you're going to have struggles. That's all right. God said you will have struggles because I got to do some pruning. But what is, where are you? What is your story? Are you telling your own story to yourself or are you lying to yourself? And so today, so that was your past and we got our today's, our today's. Now, in our today's, we have to look at 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 this this group of people. He said, I brought you from the Egypt experience. And then he, he talks about that he might bring us and give us into land that he swore unto his father's. Do you understand that at the Garden of Eden, God said, y'all done made some mistakes right here. Y'all done And y'all have a death penalty on y'all. But I will have a story of redemption for you. He swore that to us when they made that mistake. It's one thing. He said to the Israelites, I'm going to give y'all a promised land. He told that to Abraham. But before he told something to Abraham, he told something to Adam and Eve. That there's still going to be a redemption story for you. For all of mankind. And that redemption story is through Jesus Christ. He swore that to us. He swore that to us. He made that promise and he fulfilled it. He fulfilled it. But when we get into that Deuteronomy 9.1 and read that. O Israel, thou art to pass over the Jordan this day. So I do want to stay in it today. Now for the Israelites, they were supposed to pass. They passed through the Red Sea to get into the wilderness. They passed into the Jordan to get to the promised land. What do you have to pass? What, what is in your way? What, what, is, what is your obstacle? What, what, is, what is still holding you back? Want to call that man? Want to call that woman? Want to be in that place? Want to be in that situation? What is, that, what is holding you back? What is, what is your Jordan River? Because understand... Once again, it was God who separated the Jordan. Because your obstacles, your strongholds cannot be done by you. It was uh, yesterday, I was uh, with Damon, and we got to hear a couple speakers. And one of the speakers was talking about remodeling. And, And he said that in remodeling, when you watch HGTV, some of us, the architect knows what's about to be built. He's excited, we're gonna do this to this room, the bathroom we're gonna have the jacuzzi, and the big gonna have the skylights and, and the folks looking dumbfounded. Well, this is why I see I just see this, this small room and this is Jerry. I don't know what's gonna happen. And then when the architect comes back in and tears up everything inside, they're like, oh my goodness, this is oh my goodness. I, I just don't even because like, I, can't, I can't even sleep what I'm used to. I, what I'm used to, I can't be in anymore. Because they, they're tearing up my stuff. But then, everybody gets excited about the reveal, the revelation. Do you know when you accept Jesus Christ, that God had a plan for you? Today, he has a plan for you. And we in a process, and we're looking around, I, I, I don't know what you're doing, Lord. Yeah. I, I think you kind of jacked up some stuff. Because uh, my bathroom size was this, and you ain't it, but ain't no toilet right here. And I got to go bathroom, Lord. What am I going to do? And some of us got so jacked up houses, they got to do extreme makeover. Where they got to put that big bus in front, and you can't even, and nobody can see. You got to go away from your house and stay somewhere else, because he got to remake it all. Some of us got that kind of life, though, that some of us are in the midst of it, And some of us had to have so much isolation from everything because the Lord had revealed so much. But everyone loves to reveal. Everyone loves to reveal. What is holding you back? What what are you not allowing the Lord to deal with? Now, this is the other thing on HGTV they have. They have people who do it themselves. And it's always a hot mess. (laughs) Always a hot mess. Because, see, the architect comes in on the other show and, and, and you can see the plans and, and you're like, okay, I, I, and they show you the little digital thing. They don't really have that for them there at the place. But you get to see on TV like, oh, it's going to look like this. Oh, my Lord. That's going to look good. And then when you finally see, oh, it, it's better than the pictures. But when you got the renovation folk who do it themselves, they turn out walls. Were well, you supposed to turn out that wall? They knocking out. Was that a support beam? Why the house kind of rocking? And and looking jacked up. And you got some folks, they've been doing this for over a year or more. And they like, well, we got to live in that little room over here. And everything else jacked up. They've been eating out for a whole year because they can't have no kitchen. Can't jack it up. Many of us have been trying to remodel our own life. And we've been jacking it up. Jacking it up. Jack. In. Up. Not correct English, but hit the point. Why do I say it like that? Because when we have tried, just like the Israelites, I'm going to do it my way. You can't, it, 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 it's still that part of that Egyptian mindset that's coming with you. That you, you, you want to tell your story, but you don't, you don't want to let someone write the story. You won't be the writer. God says, I'm the author and finisher of your faith. Won't you let God write your story? You want to know why you can't cross the Jordan because you've been trying to tiptoe and cross when God said, I want to spread it for you. You've been trying to work through your obstacles, through your stronghold, and God's saying, let me deal with it. Let me be the one to be the champion because understand, we are not a conqueror ourselves. We cannot do all things ourselves. Many of us say, I got it all. You don't got nothing, baby. I'm going to be very frank and honest with you. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. It's the hardest thing because this is what we deal with from the Garden of Eden. We had a lot of things going on in that that situation. We had God's redemption story. We had man wanting to be like God. And we deal with that from the day that we were born. And we deal with it in our Christian life. Because that old man is still trying to fight with this new creation. He's still trying to fight with this new creation. And so we get sometimes in that Romans 7 I want to do right, but I'm doing some jacked up stuff. It's some things that you're going to call that person who's a stronghold in your life. And they're going to do some things. It's some things that work. When you get to work, you know, if you get a certain email from your boss, they're going to set your whole day off a certain way. And what God is saying, I want to deal with the strongholds. But we had to get, when you become a Christian, you come to the point of saying, I don't have an excuse, Lord, I'm a sinner. That's why I'm telling you, God don't want to hear the excuses anymore. If you want an excused person, acknowledge that. That's the first thing to acknowledge, I'm an excused person. Because until you acknowledge that, you're going to be an excused person. And so God wants to deal with us where we are, but we got to get to the point to admit, I need you, Lord. Not just in the midnight hour, not just in the darkest hour, but I need you, Lord, now. Today, I need you, Lord. But what is your story? We talked about your passing or today. What is your story? What is truly your story? See, some of our stories, because we've, we've been high-privileged, because we've been some places, we think we high-lifted up. Baby, you ain't better than the pookie on the corner. I don't care if you went to Harvard, you ain't better than pookie on the corner. Had that same discussion with the young lady who was talking about if you die, and, and, and if you sin, you, let's say you were uh, you smoke crack and you die, you go to hell. I said, well, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, there's no man that can pluck you out of your hand. But let's talk about that person who just lied. Let's say I me and you talking, you just lied to me. You just lied to me. Would well, you go to hell, and she didn't want to talk about that. Because she wanted to talk about what she considered bad sin, worse sin. This is what I'm trying to tell you. You are no better than anyone else. But that's a hard thing to take. Well, I I got all this learning. I got all this experience. I got all this access. I know all these people. I I, I do this and I do that. I'm holy. I only watch TBN. You know, I don't know of any other channels. Uh, And on my station, this is heavy 97. I can get it when the, uh, the night falls. I have great reception. I am holy, baby. I'm telling you. You have a struggle and you need the Lord Almighty today. So you needed him in your past. You needed him in your today because this is your story. My story is I've been doing some wrong things in my past and I admitted I needed Christ. In my today, I admitted I needed Christ to make it through because it's Christ who's taking care of my spots and my wrinkles. It's Christ who's helping me raise my children. It's Christ who's helping me get a job. It's Christ who's helping me maintain a job. It's Christ who's helping me maintain my relationships and create my relationships. i I have been a mess, and God said I created a miracle. I created mess and been a mess, but God said I will perform a miracle. That's what I will do. And so, that's our past, our today. Well, what's your future? See, I don't know about you. Victory has been here for one whole year. And I'm gonna tell you, we have a future to come. But when our future comes, we got to praise. We got to praise God for, his, for our destiny. We got to praise God for the midnight hour. We got to praise God for the struggle. We got to praise God for the tears that will come. We got to praise God that the pain that will come. Because you know what? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy truly, surely, surely will come in the morning. Surely my cup will run over. Surely God done everything. He told me all I got to do, keep seeking him. Keep acknowledging him, and he will direct, he promised me, he will direct my path. He didn't tell me it would be easy, but I'm going to promise God when it's not easy. I'm going to promise and praise God when it's not easy. I'm going to praise God when I can't even want to walk, because God told me he will renew my strength. He will, I will mount up with wings of the eagles. That what God told me. My story is that I am a renter on this side, so I don't really care about what the news say. I really don't. I don't want y'all to. Because see, when we get so occupied, we need to know where we need to, to, uh, to address people's needs. But when we get so occupied by things that the world wants to distract us with, the TMZ's of life, how is, what's Kim Kardashian' baby name? When we get so distracted with that, we're distracted from God's business. Sometimes we, we will have an hour discussion about the Kardashians. but have a one minute prayer with the Lord. We'll have a three hour discussion by Trayvon Martin, but only had a three minute prayer. I want y'all to understand there's important things in the world but the most important thing is Christ Jesus. Now if you can relate that back in, you want to go and, and uh, witness to the Kardashians, that's a good thing because somebody need to go witness. If You want to go witness to Trayvon Martin and Zimmerman because he is a man that needs Christ Jesus. Then I want to tell you, that's a good thing. But all you want to talk about is what this and what that, but you don't want to present someone with Christ, I'm going to tell you here and now. Hillary, if he was sitting right here, right now, if he accepted Jesus Christ after killing all those people, that Christ Jesus has enough power to redeem him, even though he killed six million Jews. That's the power of Christ Jesus. And so if you're so worried about the past and what the world has seen, you don't know how much power your God has. That's why my story is not my story. I'm not the writer. I'm just in the play. I'm just an actor, and I'm just acting through the play. I'm not the one who had to worry about the rewrites and the rights and the and the ad lib and the improvision. Because God Himself has wrote it all. That's why I praise Him through my destiny. That's why I praise Him. I know I went to announcements. I'm moving back now. That's why I praise Him through it all, because of what He has done. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you, be heaven focused. Heaven focus is. You know what, that guy in the corner who you want to boy, because he always wanted to beg you, come and present Christ to him. That's what he told our job is. You know what, somebody write a letter to Zerman. You've been through hell and bad. Well, let me tell you how heaven and forward can go. Write a letter to Trayvon's father, Trayvon's mother, Trayvon's stepmother, because that's a broken family. Write a letter. What you've been through, been awful. But what God can offer you is more than anything can have, uh, ever. So all the witnesses that took the stand, somebody did witness to them. I'm telling you, the most important thing that we have, the most important thing that we have is Christ Jesus. And if you won't tell others about this Christ, it's almost like you had a cure. Your story is a part of the cure. You had this cure, and you knew people were dying in front of you, but you still want to withhold it. I don't want to tell everybody about it. i, I won't let them folk die. All God saying, I just want you to offer. Just offer them the cure. They choose not to take it. They choose not to take it. But offer. Offer your friends. Offer your family. This is your story. Tell people where you struggle from. Tell people what you struggle still with. Tell people what my your God has done. Because it's not by your power, but it's by his power. That's why there's some mighty nations ahead of you. But you will... You will take care. You are possessed, and Why? Just like Jericho. It wasn't y'all' power. It was God's power. Will you offer the cure today? Will you offer the cure today? I know it's hard, but we got to start offering. This is our Reaching the Night series. I want to thank y'all. We're going to open the doors of the church. If anybody wants to come down for prayer, this is the time to do it. If anybody says, I want to share my story, this is the time to do it. If anyone wants to say, I want to know what a better language Christ really means. Or if somebody's got a stronghold, let's talk about it. Let's get real with it today. If somebody says, I want to start anew, fresh in the Lord. I want to rededicate myself. Today is the day. Let us do it today. The doors of the church are open.